Good day and thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to share God's word with you today. And I pray wherever you find yourself right at this moment, that the word of God will speak into your life, that the truth of God's word will transform you. In Isaiah 40 verse 8 we read, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. And how wonderful piece of scripture that is. So before we start, let's just commit this time in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity we have to listen to your word. Father, I thank you for this privilege to be able to share your word as well. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would speak into our lives right now, that through your word you would speak truth into our lives. You would change things in our heart that need to be changed, Father God. And we just want to thank you for this opportunity and this time. And we commit this time to you and we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Matthew 6 verse 34 we read, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I don't know about you, but if I'm honest with myself, most of the time my mind, my thoughts, and my actions are so focused on tomorrow that I often miss out on today. I'm often rushing ahead to get to tomorrow. With this, I often miss out on what God is doing in and through my life today and the today that God has blessed us with. The section in Matthew 6 verse 25 to 35 is titled, Do Not Worry. It looks at the issues that often cause us worry in our lives, our daily provision, our daily needs, and times of uncertainty of the future. And then Matthew 6 verse 34 ends the chapter with the words you've just read. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Earlier in Matthew 6 verse 27 we read, Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And the answer is no. We cannot add a single hour to our lives by worrying, but we can certainly take away hours in our life. In fact, worry can have physical effects on your body, such as fatigue, increased heart rate, difficulty in concentrating, muscle aches and tension, nausea, sweating, and rapid breathing. When I read Matthew 6 verse 34, when everything going, is going well in my life, it's a great passage to read. But I must say, when things are not going well in your life, it's quite a challenging passage to read. The Israelites experience worry about their future, as we read in Exodus 15 and 16. There's a summary of Exodus in the beginning. In the beginning of Exodus, we read that the Israelites were under the rule of the Egyptians, and they were forced to do hard labor. The Egyptian king had also ordered that all the firstborn baby boys be killed. And during this time, God raises up Moses. In Exodus 5, Moses and Aaron ask Pharaoh to set, let the Israelites go into the desert to worship God. But Pharaoh refuses their request. In Exodus 6, God tells Moses that he would lead the Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land. In Exodus 7 to 11, we read the account of the plagues that God sent to the Egyptians. And in Exodus 12, the Israelites leave Egypt for the promised land. But Pharaoh changes his mind and sends the Egyptian army after the Israelites. And in Exodus 14, we read the account of the Red Sea being parted, allowing the Israelites to cross over while the chasing Egyptian army was drowned. In Exodus 15, the Israelites sing a song of deliverance from, from the Egyptians to God. We read in Exodus 15 verse 1 to 2, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. 
He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. And then in Exodus 15 verse 11 we read, Who is like you among the gods, O Lord, glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders? And this brings us to Exodus 16. And here the Egyptians or the Israelites find themselves in the desert. In Exodus 16 verse 2 to 3, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us to death. So just a month had passed since the exodus from Egypt. And these are the same people that saw the plagues, the same people that saw the Red Sea being parted, and the same people that sang a song of praise to God for all he had done for them. The same people were now complaining to rather go back to Egypt. And why? At least they had all the food they needed. Their bellies were empty. Their tomorrow did not look bright, and they were worried about their daily basic requirements. And just as a side note, as God led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt from a place they did not have any hope or a future, and he led them to the promised land, yet we see them complain to Moses saying they would rather go back. And I know often in my own life, there's those moments when God's leading you on a new journey, on a new pathway to that promised land that God has got a hope and a future for each one of us. And often the journey that we're on doesn't always look or seen the way we thought it would be. And often we want to go back to what was familiar, to what we know, where God wants to lead us forward. And sometimes we're unsure about that, but we need to trust God because he knows our tomorrow. He has a better tomorrow for us. And we go back to Exodus again. God did not abandon the Israelites. God provided for them. In Exodus 16 verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go and out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. Exodus 16, 13. That evening vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. And the next morning the area around the camp was wet with dew. The dew was flakes like frost on the ground. That was the bread that God had provided them to eat the manna. So it's an amazing account from scripture of how God provided the daily needs for his people. And he gave each person enough for that day. So back to the passage in Matthew 6, verse 34. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So as a point, we cannot totally ignore tomorrow. And I don't think God expects us to ignore our tomorrows. God has given each one of us a mind with the ability to think, to reason, and to plan ahead. In Genesis 41, we read about Joseph and how he interprets Pharaoh's dreams, telling him about the seven years of abundance and the seven years of famine that were going to come over the land. In Genesis 41, verse 47 to 49, as predicted for seven years, the land produced bumper crops. During those years, Joseph gathered up all the crops grown in Egypt and stored the grain from the surrounding fields in the cities. He piled up huge amounts of grain like sand on the seashore. Finally, he stopped keeping records because there was too much to measure.
and Genesis 41, verse 54 to 55. Then the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had predicted. The famine also struck all the surrounding countries, but throughout Egypt there was plenty of food. Eventually, however, the famine spread throughout the land of Egypt as well. And when the people cried out to Pharaoh for food, he told them, go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. So in this account, we see Joseph planning ahead for tomorrow. And not just tomorrow, he was planning ahead for the next seven years. And God expects the same in our lives. We need to look past our today towards our tomorrow and plan our lives. So how do we tie this together? The today, the tomorrow, and the worry. Now, I think the passage in Matthew 6 specifically refers to worry. And we need to take a moment just to look at what is worry. So worry can be defined as the state of being anxious and troubled over actual or potential problems. In his word, God says we are not to worry about tomorrow. And often in my own life, the things that get me down are my worries about tomorrow. And most often these are potential worries. Worries that are often out of my hand. And instead of actually giving this over to God, I carry those worries with me. I hold on to them and I try and fix them myself. For most of us, our worries tend to be about our needs and our provisions for tomorrow. And there are times when I feel it's easier just to give my worries over to God, but I tend to hold on to them like I can fix them on my own. To give us a bit of perspective about worrying, I just want to take a moment to look at three important or three aspects. And those aspects are the past, the present, and the future in relation to God. And the past, in Romans 15 verse 4, for everything was written in the past, was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And this hope of hope they speak of here is the hope that we need to put our worry aside. And we're so privileged to have the word of God, the written word of God in our hands, that at any time we can pick up scripture and we can read accounts in the Old Testament and of how God worked in, through, worked in people's lives and worked through people's lives and his planning and the future that he had for them. We also read in the New Testament about what Jesus did for us and his plan and future for us as well. And these accounts give us the endurance and the encouragement that we need. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, it says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. So we can too, we can look back at the past, at what our lives used to be, and what our lives are now. We can look back in our past and we can see areas where God has worked in our lives. We can see answers to prayers, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of other people. And this too gives us encouragement and hope. And then there's the present. Ephesians 2 verse 89, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. We can see what Christ has done for us in the present day. We are saved by grace, not by anything we can do ourselves. It's a gift from God. And he makes us and he makes that available to each one of us today, today to be forgiven for our sins. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And again, a beautiful promise from God in the present, that he is with us today, that he is our God, 
He will strengthen you and he will hold you up. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. So God has begun a good work in you, and he will continue to do that work in you on your tomorrow. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. And as followers of Christ, God's promise that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So when looking at that, we've got our past, we've got our present, and we've got our future, all based on the word of God. Yet we may face some trials in our life. And here too, God says it is for our own good. James 1, verse 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And when we face these trials, Philippians 4 verse 67, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the past, the present, and the future are held together for us in the word of God. And we know that from scripture that God is unchanging, giving us great assurance. Malachi 3 verse 6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. And Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So the key to worry about tomorrow is found in Matthew 6 verse 33. Matthew 6 verse 33 it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And seek is defined as the attempt to find something. So seek is a word that requires action. I cannot seek after God while sitting down on the couch and not doing anything. I need to actively get up and seek after him. As followers of Christ, we need to first seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And when looking at this passage, we cannot seek God's kingdom or righteousness in the past. We cannot seek God's kingdom and righteousness tomorrow. We have to seek God's kingdom and righteousness today and with each new day that God gives to us. God gives us what is sufficient for each day in our lives. And his sufficiency is enough not just for ourselves, but for those around us. So we cannot just take what God gives us for each day and keep it to ourselves. We need to follow the example of Jesus who came to serve and we too need to serve. So I often find in my life that worry about tomorrow, I often miss out on my today. The day that the, or the today that God has given to me. When I worry, I often miss out on what God is doing in my life. When I worry, I miss out on what God wants me to do for someone else. And when I worry, I often, I often do not hear the voice of God in my own life. So we need to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. We need to put aside our worries and seek His kingdom and His righteousness. And to end off with Psalm 118 verse 24, it says, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen.
tasted all that this world has to offer. The here and gone that leaves you wanting more, but can't satisfy. Father, forgive me for taking so long to see that you're all I need with every The days yet to come, the days in the past, I'm giving you all I am with lifted hands, with lifted hands. You show me mercy when I've done nothing to deserve it. See the best in me beneath the dust Cause that's how you love Yeah, that's how you love And you rush through my veins I'm wrecked and I'm changed And my soul will sing With every heart beating my chest Lord, I surrender all that I have The days yet to come days in the past I'm giving you I'm getting 